0: disruption demands greater efficiency and one of the areas where i see oh my gosh the most waste the most drag on an organization is in the decision making process we we can't seem to make decisions we involve the wrong people we have too much or too little discussion we can't get accountability or ownership for the decisions so today i'm gonna i'm gonna walk you through a process we teach our clients And this is pure gold, you all. Six steps that will help you make decisions in a much more efficient way and cause much greater ownership of those decisions. Welcome in to episode 54. I'm Russ Hill. This is Decide to Lead, the podcast for those who've made the decision to lead and are looking for tips on how to more effectively influence others to accelerate the achievement of results. Let's get to it. This is the Decide to Lead podcast with Russ Hill. How do you save time, increase the efficiency, accelerate your team or organization in a moment of disruption? In this episode, part of our ongoing series called Accelerate Through Disruption, I'm going to talk about just that. How do you make your meetings more efficient? How do you make decisions at a faster speed? How do you increase ownership so you're not putting out tons of fires or trying to pull people along with you internally during a moment of disruption? Look, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. It doesn't matter where in the globe you're located. It doesn't matter where you sit on the org chart. You've been disrupted. It's crazy. You know, in our 30 years of being around as a firm, I work, of course, at our our firm partners in leadership. We've been around for more than three decades helping organizations create a culture of accountability so they can accelerate achieving results. And in three decades of working with organizations, we've seen lots of different disruptions, periods of calm and stability, growth, um, shrinking of companies, all kinds of things. And this disruption is so unique in that it's affecting everyone. And it's affecting us from a personal standpoint, mentally, financially, emotionally, physically, as well as in our organization. So this disruption is having a massive, the COVID-19 disruption having a massive impact on people. And the key to not only surviving during a disruption or period of uncertainty, but accelerating through it and coming out to expand market share and be in a stronger position individually or as a team, a department, as an organization, the key to that is becoming much more efficient. How do you adapt and be more agile and move quicker? Disruptions by their very nature our design no matter what the cause is natural or or economic or health related whatever causes the disruption it doesn't matter in my experience in life they come around it seems like every five or ten years and they always do the same thing when it comes to business that is they destroy the status quo and they accelerate innovation. every disruption does that it's that it's kind of like the Dar- Darwinism right? the weak or the inefficient or those that are hanging on, either organizations, industries, departments, or individuals, they tend to find that their influence is diminished during a disruption and after a disruption. Are you seeing that in your organization? Are you making it happen? Are you putting a bigger spotlight and giving a microphone to people who are more efficient, who are more solution-oriented, who are at the tip of the spear, innovating inside your company, who are offering ideas? Are you changing up the leadership team a little bit and putting more projects and responsibility under people who are more agile, who are able to create, who move at faster speeds? Are you taking things away from and maybe even considering making some permanent changes with folks or departments or teams that aren't demonstrating that, if you aren't doing that, then you're probably not benefiting um, from, from the impact of a disruption, and it's going to have an impact on your customers, and it's going to have an impact on how you emerge from this disruption. So let's get to my tips for you today. What I'm going to walk you through is based on a process that our firm has developed over all these years of working with tons of organizations and seeing how do you make teams more efficient? How do you make meetings and decisions and and, and create greater ownership? How do, you, how do you do that at scale? And so we call this the leadership alignment process. You might also, it could also be called the decision-making process. And there are six steps to it. I'm going to dive right into it. By the way, if you're listening on your uh, on the podcast app, whatever your favorite podcast app is, you can now watch every, well, not every, you can now watch most of these um, episodes on YouTube and uh, I'm recording the video version as well as the audio version. Look, I'm disrupting myself, right? I mean, I'm, innov- I'm trying to innovate. You guys, I'm putting out tons of content. I'm now doing, in fact, let me just go through this real quick. The Daily Huddle, brand new, just launched in the last few days, every day on Facebook and YouTube, and soon to come, keep your fingers crossed, on LinkedIn. I'm live with my colleague, Jared Jones, and another guest that we bring in, somebody from our firm, a client, somebody else. And we're doing 15 minutes. You know how groups and organizations do? In fact, a lot of organizations are doing leadership huddles. Every morning, the senior team's getting together for a few minutes. This happens all the time in, in healthcare and in hospitals. They've got the at shift change. They have a quick huddle. In retail, they have it. And so this daily huddle we're doing every morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, it's like 15, 20 minutes, super quick. It's way, it's the most laid back. We do anything like our personalities totally come out, which is kind of risky, but oh, well, we're, 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 we're leaning into it. So the link to my profile on Facebook or YouTube is in the show notes. If you're watching this, or if you're listening to this on a podcast app, just tap on the link And you can um, like my profile on Facebook, which means simply that you'll get the notifications when we're about to go live or when that happens. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can simply click on the subscribe button and you'll get notifications on YouTube. And if you're listening to this, the links are in the podcast app. So I'm doing the daily huddle every day at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon, Eastern. On Tuesdays, I'm going 30 minutes in Zoom to free meeting over 3,000 people participating where we're teaching leaders and organizations from Ireland to Idaho to India how to manage through this, getting a huge response to that. Then I'm putting out content at least now twice a day on LinkedIn. Every morning at 7 a.m. East uh, Pacific, and every evening at 6 p.m. Pacific, I have to think for all this, I push out content. It might be two sentences. It might be a video. Then I'm doing more on uh, on YouTube, and I'm doing more on Instagram. Why am I doing all of this? The reason I'm doing this is because I am very fortunate. I have the I ha- work in a lab, and I spend most of my days interacting with leaders of organizations around the world, and I get to hear what they're concerned about. I get to hear from them what's not working. I'm listening to them talk about what is working. I'm listening to frustrations and ideas and challenges. And so I I have this amazing access to leaders of companies. For, well, I can't even mention them all, right? I, because the brands, we have non-competes and all that beautiful stuff, non-disclosure agreements. Um, not non-competes, non-disclosure agreements. And so I can't talk about that stuff, but these are these are big global brands or nationwide brands, depending on what the case is across you know defense contractors, retailers, companies you have stuff on your front porch from um, restaurants that you used to go to and hopefully you'll go to again sooner. You're going, you, you're getting to go from them, um, airlines, automobile manufacturers, all these com- energy companies. And so we're hearing what it is. And so I'm trying to push out tons of content to help you um, learn what I'm learning in interacting with all of these leaders. So today, let's get to what I want to talk about today, which is this leadership alignment process. The first step when you need to, well, let's, in fact, let's just do this. This will lead to greater efficiency. So I want you to think about decisions that you have to make. I want you to think about meetings that you're in and then walk through these steps. So here's step number one. We call it participation. Here's what I want you to do around this step, what it means. When you're in a Zoom meeting, a Microsoft Teams meeting, when you're on a conference call, in the future at some point, when you're in the room again with your colleagues. But right now, let's play out the Zoom or Microsoft Teams virtual meeting because that will will resonate with a lot of you. When you're in that meeting, I want you to, and, and the topic of the meeting comes out. You didn't call the meeting. You were invited into it. I want you to look around, consider the topic, and are the appropriate people represented Do we have the departments that need to be here in the meeting? Can I see them on camera? Did we get the right people to where the the people that are going to be impacted by this decision or that should be influencing our decision and this discussion? Are they in the room? If they're not, stop the meeting. (laughs) Send a text to them and invite them in. I'm laughing about this a little bit, but it's actually a huge waste of time. Think about this for a minute. How many meetings have you been in? where that department or that person isn't wasn't invited or couldn't make it. And somebody says, well, let's go ahead and go forward anyway, because we have to, because you can't schedule a time when everybody can be here. So let's go ahead. So you have the discussion. This just happened to me, by the way, literally in the last two days in our firm. We had a meeting. We had six or seven people in a Zoom meeting. We had it. And then this morning I had another meeting, just me, I was the only participant of the original meeting with like 10 people who then went to another meeting on Zoom this morning. And I updated the three or four, uh, let's see, one, two, three people who weren't in the meeting, who should have been in the meeting. And I updated them and they totally changed. Their perspective totally changed one of our decisions. So now, because they weren't invited to the meeting, the appropriate participation was not encouraged or insisted on. Now I have to go back to the other group and tell them, oh, by the way, so-and-so and such-and-such so and such said this. We didn't have that information, which influences this decision. So now i got to fix all of that. And there's all of this inefficiency that comes from not having the right or appropriate participants in the discussion. So step one in the leadership alignment process or decision-making process is, do we have the appropriate people in the room or on the line? The second Thing. The second step, and we call it accountability. There are two parts to this. Here are the two questions I want you to ask around this. You guys, this is so good. This process will change how you lead forever. I can say that with tons of humility because I didn't come up with it. And yet I think it's brilliant. I have used this almost every day since I was introduced to it. And it's based on a ton of experience with organizations, our clients, and seeing what works and doesn't work, and then putting tons of great brain power at our firm to it on how to help organizations on this. Second step is accountability. Once we've got the right or appropriate people involved in the discussion, here are the two two things we need to make sure we're clear on. What's the decision we need to make? I've been in so many meetings with clients or other people in our firm, where I have no idea what the decision is we're trying to provide clarity around. Does this happen to you? Like, am I the only person this is happening to? Where I'm on the Zoom meeting and I'm thinking, what are, we're 20 minutes in and I'm thinking, what's the question we're trying to answer? What's the decision that needs to be made coming out of this meeting? I don't have clarity on it. And so take accountability, that's step two, take accountability for what's the decision we need to make. The second part of this one is who is going to make that decision? You see, so many leaders are confused. So many organizations are confused. They think that teams make decisions. They don't. Teams inform leaders who make decisions. We pay leaders to make decisions, not teams. So, great, good leaders, smart leaders, surround themselves with diverse opinions, the best, the most wisdom they can find, so that they make the most informed decisions. But let, it, let there be clarity around. You're not invited into this call because you're going to make the decision. You're invited into this conversation because you're going to inform the person, the one person who's going to make the decision. So, if you're in the meeting and number one, you don't know who the decision maker is, you got issues. Number two, do you know what the decision is we're trying to make? So, clarity this will save you enormous amounts of time. Efficiency is so critical, you all, during disruption. That's why I'm calling this series Accelerate Through Disruption. How do you accelerate? As you're able to accelerate as an individual, a team, an organization, your market share, your value go up tremendously. So this is super critical. One of the ways you accelerate is you, in a meeting, in a discussion, in a chain of emails, you make sure you've got clarity on who the decision maker is and what's the decision that we need to have made. Third, ownership. The third step of this process we call ownership. Ownership is this. Oh, nope, I went in the wrong order. Actually, the third, I got these, call, I'm using cards on YouTube. The third is discussion. The third phase is discussion. Here's what happens. The reason you were invited to the meeting, and now we know who's the, what the decision is we need to make, and we know who the decision maker is, now we have a discussion. And your, your role as a participant in this discussion is to make sure you're representing the views of your department, of the customer, of your experience. Speak up. You were not invited to this LinkedIn meeting to look good on camera, right? You were invited to offer a perspective, to challenge things that you think are wrong or will have the wrong impact on our organization or the customer, to to, um, acknowledge and and to reinforce things that you're hearing that you agree with, you think are right. And so discussion is this stage where you speak up. Now, here's another really critical point. And I could spend 30 minutes, you all, on any of these topics, and I'm, I'm trying to move at a pretty good clip with it. The, the discussion phase is, is built around this point. People will be heard. They will keep talking until they've been heard. So a lot of leaders, they skip the discussion stage before they make a decision. And what they do is they, they get some facts, then they rush to make a decision, and then they spend the next three to six months wondering, why aren't people taking ownership of or accountability or supporting the decision I made? And so we spend the next three to six months trying to get alignment. And the reason that happens is this. Listen closely to me. The reason that happens is because we didn't have the discussion take place before the decision. You see that? People are going to be heard. Now, if I give them a chance to represent their thinking, to push back, question, poke at, prod me on this, on this topic before I make the decision, that will save me so much time after the decision is made. They'll be aligned to it, right? Most people. And so discussion is make sure the appropriate people that you've invited to be part of this discussion, make sure they're heard. I like to ask, and I coach leaders all the time to, before you make the decision, just ask the people on the Zoom meeting or in the room or on the call or in the email, does everybody feel heard? Did I, did I hear? And if there are people in the meeting or in the discussion, whether it's an hour long or whether it's several months long, and no, who has a luxury to take several months to make a decision right now, right? I mean, you, you can't. Disruption totally removes that opportunity. And so we're making decisions at a faster speed. So before you make the decision, just look at whoever has been silent and point to them. Hey, Steve in accounting, I haven't heard you on this. I want to hear your perspective. Hey, Susan in sales, I haven't heard your perspective. Will you speak up on this? no one should need to prod us. We should be representing our viewpoint. But if you're the leader or if you're involved in the discussion, the best decisions are made when you're pulling those out of people and you make sure that, they are, um, that they're heard. Once people are heard, we call for the decision and the decision maker makes that decision. Okay. Then the next step is ownership. Here's what ownership means. Ownership means when you leave the Zoom meeting, the Microsoft Teams meeting, the Webex meeting, the call, the email chain, whatever it is, after the decision's been made and you've been given the opportunity to represent your viewpoint before that decision is made, you support the decision. You take ownership of it as if you made it. How many times do you see challenges in organizations, when people don't take ownership for a decision. They walk out of the room. used to be when we were all working in an office together, right? People walk out of the room and they go, oh, I would have never made that decision. Or the thing that wasn't brought up in that discussion that should have been brought up that no one even had the courage to bring up, and they never look at themselves, right? They always point at everybody else. I can't believe nobody brought this up. can't believe Susan didn't, or Mike, or whomever didn't bring this up. But that's a terrible decision because we didn't acknowledge this. No. You 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 that's not a being an accountable person. You're part of the problem if that's what you sound like. The time to raise your hand is in the Zoom meeting, on the conference call, in the chain of emails. Raise your point, express it, and then after if it's been considered, agreement's different than alignment, right? As a leader, I'm gonna make lots of decisions you're not gonna agree with. But I need you to be aligned to them. And the reason I need you to be aligned to them is because I was asked to make this decision or by virtue of my position in the company, or wh- where I'm at in, in, in the company right now, I'm, ta- I'm tasked with making these decisions. And so I need, I need you to be aligned. Now, don't take this to the extreme. If there's something that's an ethical challenge, or it's so fundamental you disagree with it that it would cause you to leave the organization, yeah, that's different. Okay, But those are rare. That rarely happens. And if it happens often, you're working at the wrong company right? So what I'm talking about is just, we don't need people to agree with decisions. We need them aligned to them. And if you've been heard, I've considered your viewpoint and yet I've made another decision. I need you to take ownership for it as if you made the decision yourself. The fifth step is this one. It's called communication. Communication is this. Uh, let me give you a quick story to illustrate this point. So at an organization that I worked at, our compensation plan was changed and an email went out to the people in my position uh, that had my same title and responsibility throughout the, throughout the organization that we're changing compensation and here's what it looks like and here, and this is, this is, this is what it's going to look like now. What was missing from the communication was the why and the process that was followed to come up with that decision that came up with it. And so I got this email and along with it came a link to a document online that I was supposed to sign you know, digitally to agree to be bound by this new compensation plan. Well, I looked at that agreement and I went, I, how did they come up with this? There, there are changes that have been made in this that make no sense to me at all. I don't even understand it. And so I reached out to um, it happened to be the CEO of the organization. I was in a senior position and I reached out to the CEO and I said, would you mind if we spent a few minutes on the phone? Cause I, I just need some help understanding the why behind these changes. So that person scheduled some time. It was a week or two later we got on the phone and they explained to me and it took you all, it took literally like three minutes. They said, well, You know, when we were making this decision, Russ, one of the things that happened was we talked to so-and-so and and -and so-and-so. We checked in with that department of that department. What I realized is they talked to some of my peers, people with the same title I had, with the same responsibility and perspective I had. I didn't know they had done that. I didn't know they had considered the, the, the issues that I would have brought up, but they had. They had considered those, they knew about them, and they still went ahead with the decision. And they had a reason, the CEO had a reason for making that decision. All I needed was that data. So in this communication step, here's what people, where people usually screw up. They send out an email or they announce in a town hall or a meeting the decision, but they rarely talk about the process that or the why behind the decision. Here's what that sounds like you know, we checked in with these different departments. We've spent the last two weeks. We've spent the last two months, the last two years, whatever it is, digging into this issue. We heard from sales. We talked with marketing. We went to the several customers, you know, just a sentence or two. doesn't need to be a book, but a sentence or two about the process you went through and the why behind the decision. If you include that in your communication, 90% of the lack of alignment you're experiencing will vanish. You've always got those people that are going to complain and never be aligned no matter what you do, right? And we're trying to get them out of the organization. Let's just be honest, right? At least we hope you are. And and that that that's what we're trying to do as leaders to make our organization more efficient, especially in times of disruption or... When when we are demanded to be more agile, when that's required of us, so your communication after the decision is super critical. I think you get the point. The last step, step six here in the leadership alignment process or in the uh, decision making process is follow up. When you take your car to a repair center because it's got alignment issues, it's pulling hard. The steering wheel's pulling hard to the right or to the left. And you get the alignment. This has ever happened to you. You know what this is. You can relate to this. You get that, the alignment fixed and you drive the car out of. This is back when we used to drive cars and go somewhere. But you drive the car out of the repair shop. You head home or back to the office. And there's this moment after the alignment's been fixed that you take your hands off of the steering wheel for like two seconds, right? And you go, wow, it's going straight. It's staying within the lines. I don't even have to touch the steering wheel and it doesn't veer. And you have this warm feeling, this amazing feeling like, wow, I love having my car aligned. And then what happens? You hit a stinking pothole. <laughs> or, or your teenager takes the car out on a date and she or he hits the curb. Or something happens and what happens to the car? Boom, pops right out of alignment. Guess what? That's what happens in organizations every day. We're aligned coming out of the meeting, but then something changes in the market, which is happening at incredible speed right now, Right. Or someone changes positions or we learn something from the customer that we didn't know before. And now, boom, we're out of alignment and we've got to revisit that decision. So at the follow-up step, step six of this leadership alignment process or decision-making process is check for alignment. Have your radar up. Be listening. When you hear in a meeting or you read something in an email or you get some whiff of, "Ah, I think that department or that individual might not be aligned with the decision anymore, check for it. Have a conversation, go in and do what you need to do. All right? So, those are the six steps for the leadership alignment process. Isn't that good? Like, I, when I was first introduced to that by some members of our firm years ago, I thought, where has this been? <laughs> like, this would have saved me so much time. In our conference room down in the San Diego area for our firm, in, one, in our main conference room, we have this process the six steps on the wall, they're framed. And we point to them because we say, you guys, I'm looking at step one, participation. I'm not sure we have the, I'm not sure we have everybody that needs to be part of this conversation in the room. We're missing that person. Or no, step two, we didn't, we don't have a clarity around the decision maker. Step three, did did we make sure everybody was heard? Step four, do we have ownership? Then step five, communication. Did we, what's our plan to communicate this decision coming out of this meeting? Step six, are we following up on it? So we're able to point to that. I'd encourage you to, 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 to make notes on what I went over. So valuable. And then to check yourself on that. It will accelerate your decision-making. It will create more alignment. And all, this, this series I'm doing you all, I'm trying to give you content ideas on how to help you accelerate through disruption. So that, that wraps up this episode. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're healthy. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Links are below on YouTube. They're in the, the show notes on whatever app you are using. If you're listening to this on the podcast, I'd love to have you part of the daily huddle happening every day at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. You can connect with me on LinkedIn for the links. What am I missing? Um, subscribe to the, the podcast. Subscribe to this YouTube channel if you aren't already. So hope you're healthy. Hope you're accelerating through this disruption. We'll talk to you soon.